Guys, here's where we're going to be tonight. We're, we're gonna, if you want to turn your Bibles to Psalm 46, we're going to dig in there a little bit tonight. And as you do that, uh, if you weren't with us last week, I just wanted to remind us, like last week, we, we just kind of had a conversation. We thought, we felt the, the mood of the moment was just to kind of, to share what, what are we feeling and, and how do we feel hopeful in this moment of life. Uh, it feels uneasy. It feels uncertain. Uh, and so last week, we were really just hoping to bring some hope and some camaraderie that, hey, we're in this together. God is with us in this. And we can walk through this season because God is good, he's faithful, and he's sovereign. And so tonight, what I want to do is I want to take a step back a little bit uh, from what we talked about last week, because we brought this up a little bit in our conversation, and that was this idea of wilderness. That, that this idea of wilderness that, that we see in the Bible is what we're feeling now. And, and if you're not familiar with that, that's okay. It's, it's a term that we don't really use in, on an everyday basis. And really what wilderness simply means is it's a metaphor for a difficult season of life. And here's the great thing. The great thing is that this is no surprise to God. In fact, seasons of wilderness are the rhythm of God's grace throughout the scriptures. Like, this is not a surprise. God does some of his greatest work in the wilderness seasons of life, the difficult seasons. I know in my life, one of the hardest moments of my life was a valley. And my mentor at the time walked me through Psalm 23 that said, even though I walk through the valleys of the shadows of death, I will fear no evil. For you, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And he reminded me as a young 20-year-old, Andy, the, God's goal for you is not to pluck you out of the valley and put you on the mountaintop. God's goal is to walk with you through the valley of the shadow of death. And so it tells me that whether it's a valley of the shadow of death or it's an actual wilderness season, that God's goal for us is to accomplish something as he walks with us through the valley. And so, yes, a wilderness is a metaphor for difficult seasons. It might be, I mean, it could be a million different things. Right now, ironically, we are in a global season of wilderness. I've never lived in a season where every single person on the planet is connected by one singular issue. But as believers, we're also connected one step beyond that, and that we believe, and that scriptures teach us that God works in the valleys of the shadow of death that God works when we are in the wilderness. And so that's what we're gonna look at tonight, and that is that God doesn't waste the wilderness. That's what we're gonna talk about. That's the umbrella. God does not waste the wilderness. As much as we may try, which I've done plenty of in my life, God does not waste the wilderness. So what I wanna do tonight is I wanna build a sandwich. All right, follow me, because we're probably all eating a lot of sandwiches at home. The first thing you do is you put down a piece of bread, and then you add some meat in the middle, and then you finish it with another piece of bread, right? That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to look at wilderness like a sandwich. And so the first, maybe, bread piece, the, the foundational piece of this wilderness idea that we see from garden to garden, the garden of, I'm having a brain fart, the, the garden of Eden to the garden of Gethsemane. The whole picture, we see wilderness after wilderness after wilderness. I have a whole list of, of wilderness experiences here that I won't read off, but it's a major theme in scripture. And so here is the first piece of bread in our sandwich, is that God uses the wilderness in three ways. Uh, it's, a, it's a venue of deliverance, 
of discipline or preparation. That God uses these seasons of wilderness to either deliver his people, to discipline his people, or to prepare his people. And I believe that God is ready to do the exact same thing with the church, with his people today. And so whether he draws us into a wilderness or because of circumstances out of our control, we are forced into a wilderness, or maybe like Jonah, we flee into the wilderness. Wilderness is a place where comforts and controls are stripped away. It's where our comforts, our conveniences, our habits, all those things that we build up and pursue are stripped away. I mean, just think about it for a second. Everything about our life has been stripped from us, right? Our schedules, gone. Our community, gone. Our entertainment, gone. We can't go to the movie theater. We can't go to games. Like, just one after the other are being stripped away, and we find ourselves in the midst of a wilderness. But the good thing about the wilderness is it's a place where we can encounter God's presence and provision in a new and fresh way. Because God does not waste the wilderness. So let me give you the meat of our sandwich tonight. And number one is this. God doesn't waste the wilderness, but in the wilderness, he teaches us who he is. He teaches us who he is in the wilderness. When you look at Jonah in the Old Testament, he learns that God is merciful, not just to him, but to the Ninevites. Abraham learns that God is the provider when he sees no other way. Adam and Eve see that God is holy. Job realizes and learns that God is sovereign. Mephibosheth, one of my favorite stories in the Old Testament, he learns that God is kind. Hagar learns that God sees her and provides for her. Let's turn to Psalm 4610 and we're gonna learn who God is. We're going to read the whole Psalm 46. It's not too long. It's only 11 verses, so follow along with me. Verse 1, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when, when, when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter. He utters his voice and the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow. He shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Love that psalm. It tells us who God is. I want to key in on verses 10 and 11. Be still and know that I am God. You see, in in seasons of wilderness, 
what gets exposed in our life is what we've put up as functional gods in our life. Whether that's a job or money or reputation or schedule or whatever it is. We have all these tiny functional little gods that have been stripped away. And in 46, in Psalm 46:10, God reminds us who he is. He says, be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I wrote in my Bible just this week as I was reading this, the question that comes to my mind is, will he be exalted in me? Will my life represent the exaltation of him or my comforts and my conveniences and my desires? God teaches us that he is God that he will be exalted. But it also tells us in verse 11, the Lord of hosts is with us. He is not absent. He didn't wake up and realize, oh no, there's a pandemic, what's happening? No, 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 no. This is a rhythm that God uses. He uses seasons of wilderness. This does not frighten him. He doesn't waste a wilderness. And when we find ourselves in a wilderness season, instead of frantically grasping for control, for some normalcy, for a solution. First, be still before the Lord. Be still. Think about the last days and weeks of your life. Whether you have a job and you're still going to work or whether you're on the precipice of losing your job or not making your payment or whatever it may be, whatever anxieties, have we stopped and been still before the Lord? Have we stopped, turned our phones off, turned our TVs off, gotten to a place in our houses, in our apartments, opened God's word, and just said, I want to be with you. Teach me who you are, God. Have we been still before the Lord? You've heard me say this a million times if you've been to the gathering before, to our Sunday school class, is that we don't follow our hearts, we inform our hearts. Because following our hearts in this season of wilderness is chaotic, it's anxious, it's worrisome. That's where our heart will lead us naturally. But when we inform our hearts on who God is, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with me. We inform our hearts. Because God doesn't waste the wilderness. Unfortunately, our fears do. The second piece of meat that we're going to throw into our sandwich tonight is that God does not waste the wilderness, but in the wilderness, he teaches us who we are. He teaches us who he is, and then on the other hand, he teaches us who we are. You see, like I said before, wilderness is a place where comforts and control are stripped away. And we're left to ourselves and with God. All the things that I build into my life to distract and to entertain and, and, uh, you know, whatever. Keep me busy. To numb pain. Those things are stripped away. The things I want to build my life on are stripped away. I remember a very, very, I guess, strong, serious, maybe the first ever wilderness season that I ever experienced. It's not this one. I've been through many, especially in the last couple of years. But the very first one was in the year 2001. I moved uh, from St. Louis to Oklahoma City. 
And it was God moving me. He moved me. He gave me a job. My company that I worked for moved me there. I didn't want to go there. I didn't know anybody there. I thought Oklahoma City was a cow town. I didn't have cowboy boots. I was not ready. But I moved here. And I was angry. I didn't want to move here. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my convenience. I liked my life. And for six months, I wasted the wilderness. I felt bad for myself. I kind of wallowed in my own sorrows. I just talked about how hard this was. I don't know anybody. I would call my parents. Why am I here? But I also did one thing that I will regret the rest of my life. I did not open God's word for six months. I didn't remember who he was. And I sure as heck didn't want to hear who I was. Because what I realized in that season of wilderness is because I was selfish. That I held on to my life like this instead of saying, God, here it is. Do with it what you will. Because he will be exalted among the nations and he will be exalted on the earth. But what I wasn't willing to do was let him be exalted in my life in this season. And so we continue to see this through scripture. Let me just share those stories with you again in Jonah. Jonah learned that he was a merciless and bitter prophet. Abraham learned that he is not in control. Adam and Eve learned of their pride and their desire to be like God. Job learned that all the things that he had could be taken away. Mephibosheth learned that his past no longer defined him. And Hagar learned that she was not alone, even though she felt alone. You see, in the wilderness, we learn who we are. God uses the wilderness to strip away the comforts and controls that we use to mask and distract and to disguise ourselves, right? We build up this life. We, we, we put on this face. We get busy doing important things so that we feel valued and we feel important. And then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a season of wilderness where the, the comfort and the convenience are stripped away. And we're just left to ourselves. And when it's, all that is stripped away, it exposes who we really are, what we really believe, where our faith really lies, and what our security is actually in. And when we find that, when God strips away, when situations strip away all the things that we put our faith in, that we put our security, that we put our hope in, our joy, the conclusion is that we're found wanting. We're left wanting. Because those things can be taken away, which we're all experiencing right now. And so when you take the meat of this sandwich, when you say, all right, God, in the wilderness, teach me who you are. And in this wilderness, show me who I am. When you take these two things and you put them side by side and you see a holy and gracious and sovereign and faithful and good God next to me, who is a fragile, insecure, fearful idol-chasing human. There's only one response. 
We see the same response in Acts chapter two when it says Peter spoke and people were cut to the heart and they say, what do we do? Peter says, repent and be baptized. And so as we look at these two things, who God is and who we are in the midst of the wilderness, the biblical response is confession, repentance, and praise. We confess who we are. We confess our idols. We confess the, the, the functional gods that we have worshiped. And then we repent. We turn to God. We turn back to him. We turn away from our job and we turn to him. We turn away from our relationships and we turn to him. We turn away from our entertainment and we turn to him. We turn away from our addictions and we turn to him. It's a season of repentance. Of turning our hearts and our minds back to God. Because everything has been stripped away. I'm just waiting for all the power to go out so we can't turn on Netflix. Because I, I'm like, that's it. We don't know what to do with ourselves when our normal is taken away. I would argue that biblically, the seasons of wilderness are always a season of repentance. It's a season of turning back to God. The very God that sent his son Jesus into a wilderness and who says to us, come to me all who are weary and burdened and I will give you rest. Not Netflix, not another nap, not another sleeping in, not another walk, come to me. You see, what the wilderness also does is it shows us our true affections. Because when we feel that weirdness, when we feel the uneasiness, when we feel the fear, what do we go to? What's our automatic go-to? Is it another show? Is it another nap? Is it another Zoom? Is it no, what is it? Is it an escape? Or do we stop and remember who God is, and we are still before him and say, God, here I am, help me. Because maybe God did not bring this season of wilderness so that we could binge our favorite shows. Maybe, just maybe, God wants to accomplish something in this valley of the shadow of death, in this wilderness, that will forever change you and me and the world we live in. That he's like, let's go, church. I'm gonna take some things away so that we can come back together renewed and revived individually, and then we're gonna do a revival collectively and change this city for Jesus. Because God doesn't waste the wilderness. And I believe that as I look through scripture, what I see is that God works in the wilderness as a season to prepare, to discipline, or deliver. And I just wonder, young adults, if God is preparing us for what's to come. If he's doing something new and that he's inviting us in and he has taken away all the things that we run to other than him. So where do we go when we feel that uneasiness? Where do we go when we feel that awkwardness of this season? I want to encourage you and maybe challenge you, repent, turn back to God. When you feel that uneasiness, put the phone down and open his word. Turn off the TV and turn on some worship music and, God, and say, God, I, I want to take you up on your invitation to come and rest, to come and deliver me. Because guys, the other, 
mean, honestly, when we think about wilderness, one of the most famous stories of wilderness is when Jesus went into the wilderness for 40 days. And you know what also happened in the wilderness? He was tempted because Satan lives in the wilderness. And he's ready and waiting. And he will wait and wait for the moment where he tries to pounce. And when those moments come, what do we run to? What do our affections lead us to? Do they lead us to distraction? Do they lead us to temptation or do they lead us to life and security because he is God and he will be exalted among the nations and he will be exalted in the earth. And I wonder, gathering, will he be exalted in us? Will he be exalted in this city because of us? So what do we do? What do we do with this? How do we actually live and grow in the season of wilderness? I wanna give you three things. This is the last piece of bread. This concludes our sandwich. Number one, ask God to soften your heart in the wilderness. Hebrews 3, 7 says, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion on the day of testing in the wilderness. You see, because in the wilderness, it's hard. Like no one's debating, this is a difficult season. But our temptation will be to harden our hearts and distract our hearts and, and, and amuse ourselves. And in doing so, we harden our hearts to what God's wanting to do in this season of wilderness. So ask God to soften your heart in the wilderness. Number two, ask God to teach you in the wilderness. Psalm 25, five. The psalmist writes, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you, I wait all day long. Lead me, teach me, for you are the God of my salvation. Ask God to teach you in this season of wilderness because he doesn't waste wilderness. And then lastly, and this is where the hard work comes for us, right? God's gonna do what he's gonna do. But our responsibility is to cultivate and grow in the wilderness. To cultivate and grow in the wilderness. You know, many things grow in the wilderness. Cancer grows, but it's not healthy and it will kill you. A lot of things grow in the wilderness. Isaiah 43, 18, I love this. It says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. It may feel like the desert, socially, spiritually, but it says, God will make a way in the wilderness, a river which represents life in the desert. And so whether this is a season of deliverance for you, right, that maybe God's delivering you from some things, Maybe this season feels more like a discipline. Or maybe God is giving us a season of preparation, church. That God is doing a new thing in the wilderness. So how do we respond to this new thing? How do we make sure that Psalm 4610 is our story? That God would say about you, and about me, I will be exalted in Andy.
I will be exalted, insert your name. I know for me to cultivate and grow in the wilderness looks like finding a time and finding a place and fighting for that time and fighting for that place to be with the Lord. We see Jesus do this all the time. He would get up early to an isolated place to pray. We have to do the hard work of cultivating and growing in the wilderness because something will grow, no doubt about it. What I hope and what I believe God is doing looks more like a personal revival in each believer's heart in this season. So that as we come back together collectively one day, what a great day that's gonna be. We can worship him together. We can open God's word together. And then we can go back out into our workplace and into our city together to proclaim the God of all creation. And he will be exalted. The wilderness is hard. It doesn't feel good, but that doesn't mean it won't be good. In fact, I would argue that in scripture, it is good. We see the wilderness in the Bible is an overarching theme. It's woven throughout its many stories, one story and now our story. The wilderness is the world we live in today. The between time, between the garden to garden, I want to close tonight in this series by bringing us back to the Garden of Eden. The first wilderness where Adam and Eve, because of their rebellion, were sent out into the wilderness. Therefore, in God's great mercy, Jesus came into our wilderness to bring us out of separation. You see, not only does God not waste our wilderness, Jesus used the wilderness to bring us back to God. And so as we walk through this season, we look at Jesus and say, you know what? We're the beneficiaries of Jesus welcoming the wilderness. We are the beneficiaries of Jesus coming into our wilderness to reconcile us between man and God to bring us back together. My question for us is who is gonna benefit from you and I being in the wilderness? Because one day this wilderness season will be over. And who's gonna benefit from that? We benefited from Jesus entering our wilderness. Who will benefit from us walking through this wilderness. Let's pray. God, thank you that as we look at your scriptures, that there is a rhythm of wilderness, that this is not a surprise to you. That in fact, you have weaved through the history and story of humanity, wilderness. And in that wilderness season, we learn who you are but we also learn who we are. God, I pray you would help us to repent and turn back to you from the things that we've chased, from the things that we have put on the throne of our life, that we would repent from the securities and the idols and the functional gods that we have created, and we would turn back to you, that you might be exalted in us. As we worship, as we go into 120 seconds, God, work in us. Show us who we are. Teach us who you are, that you may be exalted. In your son's name, amen.